Hi, everybody. Welcome to 1200XL. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about pole position. Can you sing the song? Pole position. position. No. Don't you remember the cartoon for this? I've never seen the cartoon. Did he talk? Pole position. What's behind that control? You know, you never heard that? Did you watch that on the Atari, on the uh, Saturday Supercade? This had its own cartoon. Did, did pole, was pole position, was that his name? Whose name? The cars. The car didn't talk. It was just a race car. The show was about the people that, what made you think the car would talk? Speed buggy. Speed (laughs) buggy. Speed buggy has a face. It's got eyes on it. Well. Does the pole position car say anything in the game? He's, no. Okay. Maybe. No. It's about the team of guys (laughs) that race the car. Mm, Man. I can see why that didn't last. Well. Yeah, it did. It, it was one of the best. I will say, of, of, of all the shows on the Saturday Supercade, pole position are the best ones. That's saying something. So, what would be a, a typical adventure for the pole position racing team? Well, it seems like it would be a limited thing. Admittedly, Boat, it's probably been, oh, let's say 40 years <laughs> or so since I watched <laughs> the show. But I do recall adventures such as people like. Uh, stealing cars or screwing with other cars, stuff like that. You so know? was it like Speed Racer? Mm, yeah, a little bit. It was more like Speed Racer than it was Speed Buggy. You know, mm, that's a shame. That's why it failed. Yeah, but the car. And they, sometimes they would use the car to chase guys and stuff, but they didn't actually. The car didn't talk. It's not mm. Night Riders or I didn't like those games. Or I didn't like those shows where like inanimate objects had personalities and crap. That was always weird to me. Really? I mean, so you weren't a fan of Speed Buggy? Nah. You're setting in speed buggy. That's weird. Yeah. Do you want the thing you set in to say, hey, how's it going? Are you <laughs> yes. enjoying yourself Every in there? Every day of my life, I want that. I don't want that. That's weird. You don't what want your you, car to talk to you? What if you spill a drink in there? Or God forbid you puke in the back seat. You it know, it's bad. Or, or you drop a cigarette in the back in there. You know, you ever well, done that? And all of a sudden, you burn a hole in the carpet. Mm-hmm. Speed he screams buggy. in pain. No, he's, he launches you out there and then runs you over. Listen, listen. Speed Buggy has plenty of inner battles. Like what? Well, people are people are doing all of that stuff that you mentioned plus more all the time. And so, but think cool about the environment it? that Speed Buggy lives in. And also, his mechanic is like a, a complete ripoff of Shaggy. Yeah, yeah. So he's got that to deal with as well. In fact, his whole gang is a ripoff of the Scooby Gang. Plus, yeah, what they, happens if something if if you need to? What if his engine needs overhauled or something? What's that like for the car? Is that like a heart painful. transplant? That 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 that's speed buggy after dark is what you're what you're referring to. And what if you what if when you paint speed buggy? What's he think of that? You know, you think mm-hmm. about these things. Yeah, I imagine that when you paint speed buggy, it's like he's putting on a new set of clothes, a new set of duds. <laughs> Sorry. When was the last time you heard somebody refer to clothes as duds? It, I, I I do it all the time. <laughs> do you? Oh yeah. Did you when you put on that cocoa shoe shirt? <laughs> did you say, "Man, I'm gonna put on these duds this morning"? That's right. I said I'm gonna put on my fancy duds today, and then I did. And here I was like, "You have to look good when you're talking about speed buggy." And you got. It's <laughs> good. Maybe we should, maybe we should talk about the speed buggy game on the uh, on the Atari 8-bit computers. Uh- <laughs> Unfortunately, none exists, so we have to talk about pole position instead. Pole position is good, though. It's not like it's a step down. It's a step up from speed buggy. It's a step sideways, let's be honest. So let's talk about speed speed buggy. Let's talk about pole position, Aaron. (laughs) Okay. So pole position, of course, was released in the arcades in the year of our Lord, 1982. Now, Aaron, this was getting close to your sort of your prime 
arcade going era. Yeah. You know, you were 11 years old, a young lad in 1982. And uh, do you remember the first time that you saw pole position in the arcades? Well, I didn't see it in arcade. Uh, first place I saw oh. it was at a department store. Uh, believe it or mm. not, they had they had. I guess they had like three games back there. So I guess you could call. Was it this the, the the Sears, the one no, at I Sears? I think this the first time I saw this was at a, was at Murphy's in uh, at Dunbar for a few. It long mm. since uh, gone department store. But this game, I mean, uh, listen, I'd seen car racing games, and this is one of those games like that you had to have been there. I think to appreciate because I'd played like Super Sprint and all that stuff. But I mean, here's pole position co- comes out, and you're like, holy crap. That looks right. like a car. That looks like speed. Plus the billboards that had the ads and stuff. One where that was something you'd never seen before. It was just awesome looking. It was just an awesome game. It talked. That was still a kind of a cool thing back in the day. Prepare to qualify. It, was, it sounded like a chick. Prepare to qualify. You know, and then she, yeah. and then uh, well, it didn't sound that high. It's not mini, mini mouse boat. But then you get in that car and you go around the track. It was just awesome. It had the gear shift, the steering wheel. Just a great game. It was a while before I now, saw did the you, cockpit. Was your one, first, you know, was your first experience with pole position in the upright or the cockpit? It was the upright. Model? Yeah, the, okay. I did see the cockpit went on down the line, but the, the upright was the one I was originally introduced to. This is also one of these games that I was first exposed to, not at an arcade, but at an alternate location uh, over at Pipestem. Pipestem, uh, if you are from West Virginia, which I'm sure many of you are, uh, you know about Pipestem. It's one of the leading resorts here in, in our part of West Virginia. And they used to have a game room uh, down there at the bottom of the, the bottom lodge that you have to take the tram down to. And I remember playing pole position a lot down there in their game room. And just, much like you, I was stunned at the, the graphics, but I, re- I came to this in the reverse order where I played it for years on the Atari it before seeing the arcade version and being blown away by how much the arcade version looked better. Uh, I know that this wasn't the first uh, over-the-shoulder perspective. I think that uh, Turbo probably did it first, but this was really one of those landmark releases that the the, the level of realism involved uh, was, was pretty off the charts for 1982, and, and a lot of that carried over to the Atari 8-bit version. Now, this was originally uh, developed by Namco. Namco was a a Japanese company that actually started way back, Aaron, in 1955. Uh, Apparently, they started uh, by running children's rides on the roof of a department store in Yokohama. So uh, much change (laughs) between... Yeah, actually, I watched a whole documentary about these amusement parks that that appeared on the roofs of skyscrapers in, in Tokyo. Pretty pretty interesting stuff. But at any rate, by the eighties, they they turned things over, and they uh, their their first game was actually a game called Racer. So they they've uh, in nineteen seventy they they produced a coin operated mechanical driving simulator. So they were well versed in the art of racing games. But of course, their biggest hit was Pac Man. Pac Man is the game that put them on the map. Then they they brought out Galaxy and Dig Dug a bunch other stuff so but anyway uh by the time that uh, 1983 rolled around aaron the the hotness was on the atari 8-bit computers and uh and atari published this game for their own system uh pole position is of course a formula one racing game uh you are able to race around a track multiple tracks in fact uh to compete for the number one position so um now Let's talk about what you actually do in this game. So when you first start the game, uh, you turn it on and you have the option to either practice or you can jump right into a race. However, 
when you jump right into a race, you don't get to race right away. And this was one of the things that really annoyed me as a kid, <laughs> because when I was a kid, I wanted to get right into it. I didn't want to have to qualify for the race. I wanted to be in the race and I wanted to be in pole position. Well, that's not the way it works in pole position. In this game, you have to run around the track one time to show, you know, to, to kind of prove your metal. Okay. So what are the tracks here? You've got the Malibu Grand Prix. You've got the Atari Grand Prix and you've got the, the some other track that I can't really recall at this point. But there are three tracks in this game, okay? Yeah, but that's I think a whole that the Malibu Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. The, the Malibu Grand Prix is the easiest track. The Atari Grand Prix is the most difficult, and then there's one in the middle. Um now, what do you have to do? You have to show you you have to prove your time by taking a practice lap. However, the realism sort of drops off in the Atari 8-bit version of the game because they actually put other tracks or other cars with you on the track as you go around your 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 practice lap. I don't believe that that's actually the case when you're doing uh, you know a practice lap to determine what what position you're supposed to be in. Aaron, do you recall in the arcade game if you were taking that practice lap if there were other cars on the track? Well, first of all, it's it's a qualifying lap. A qualifying mm. lap. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, it's not a practice, and so it's. And you had to qualify in real life. Uh, to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't doubt the qualifying lap. What I doubt is the fact that there are 10 million other cars on the track with you during that qualifying lap. Right. Well, the, the truth of the matter is uh, you there are other cars on the track. That's, okay. that's true. And, and, so, okay. uh, you, and so, yeah, you have to qualify. At the tail end of your run, you're going to run into some other cars. Uh, so, yeah, okay. there are. So what happens in this is that depending on the time that you make this lap in depends on where you actually start the race. So uh, if you are anywhere between 73 and 78 seconds, you, you start in the back all the way up to if you want to be in pole position, which is where the game gets its name. If you want to be first in line, you have to beat 58 seconds. Uh, and of course, you get scored on this also because this is a high score game. So depending on how well you do in your practice lap depends on how many points you get before you even start the race. But the real action, Aaron, in this game is where the race is. So when you start the race, of course, you start with the other cars on the track. However, once you pass those other cars that you start with, there are sort of other cars that appear on the track. These were flown in probably from somewhere in Kansas. They land on the track and you have to race against them, too. <laughs> Uh, the way that scoring works in this game is that you get a bonus every time that you finish. When you finish your practice lap, your qualifying lap, you get a bonus. And also, whenever you pass a car, you also get points. So you get 50 points every time you pass a car, which is something that I wasn't aware of. So, And, of course, you run around. You get to choose the number of laps that you want at the beginning before you even start the game. And then you get bonus points based on how well that you do. And, and, and then that's what the final score is based on. So, Aaron... What did you think of the uh, pole position port for the Atari 8-bit? How does it stand up to the arcade port? I, I, it's funny. I, I, this is one of those games that I played for the first time at my, at my neighbor's house uh, back in the day. It's where I played all my Atari games. And, of course, we knew about this game in the arcade. This was, like, so this was a big deal. I, it, I, I, it, can't be, it can't be overstated how important this game was in the arcade or popular. Uh, I mean, this was one of the most copied games of all time it's one of the most mm -hmm. uh, ripped off games of all times it was a i think it that year it was the top earner 
And they sold thousands of these arcade machines. It was everywhere. It still is, by the way, if you're an arcade collector. I see, I've got friends of mine that have got two or three of these things because the pole position one and two both have a, a, a high breakdown pop, uh, issue. They break down a lot. And so they're yeah. always scavenging parts for them. So it's still today I know guys that own these things. I've almost owned a couple myself, but I just knew how tough they were to keep up. So I, I had a real uh, infatuation with this game. And I'll say when it when it came to, to the home uh, conversion, uh, we were real stoked to play it. You know, and, and so early on, I was pretty impressed. They got the important stuff down, which was the the, the speed of the track, like the the simulation of the speed, you know what I mean, and the mm-hmm. uh, uh, they the, the look of it, they did okay. I'm not gonna lie, I was disappointed in some aspects that didn't make the cut. The cool billboards, I mean, that that was I know this. That's probably the most disappointing thing to me. Yeah. Now, one thing that I, I one sort of personal memory that I have about this game is that when I first started playing this on the Atari, I was using the RF connection on a regular TV, and I I really remember the billboards. They actually they weren't straight; they were sort of like sideways. They would lean over on themselves because the the resolution of the RF with the switch box and everything was crap. And the first time that my dad bought a uh, a, a real computer monitor that you could hook up, you know, with it with the composite to, uh, and of course it wasn't really composite because the Atari has this weird chroma and luma. It's almost closer to S video. Uh, when I saw those straight billboards, I was like, yes, finally, I'm getting the arcade perfect rendition. But I would have loved to have seen some billboards, and I don't think it would have been too hard to do to make those billboards actually say, you know, even if it wasn't really detailed, just have them say like burgers or something like that instead of just being, you know, basically posts, you know, colored posts yeah. in the ground. Yeah, and I know some versions just they've they they have you know not the uh, eight bit versions, but some ports of this they they got the boards a little bit better. But I mean, still, it's a, not important to the gameplay, but it was always no, it was kind of no. neat. But I mean. Once you play this for a while, I don't think this... I mean, I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, I don't think they did a great job. This was sort of par for the course for a lot of uh, of arcade ports of the 8-bits that I would call this adequate uh, boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the controls are not the best, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. Now, granted, you're coming from a, a, a wheel to play this with a joystick, but I, I always have had trouble. I mean, I always had trouble. You can see by the video, the footage we're watching how the guy's kind of poking back and forth. That's what I used to do a lot. When you're in those curves, you can't take a smooth curve in this. You've sort of got to angle your way through it. It's kind of I, I used to do yeah. the same thing. It, it, it's it's a it's a pretty unnatural movement. You you end up having to tap the stick a whole lot. However, one thing that I do appreciate about this game is it is button to accelerate. You use up and down on the stick to shift gears. Uh, having to press up and also steer on the joystick is something that's always annoyed me about a lot of yeah. racing games. So I was glad that that, that was the case. Uh, another thing that's nice about this game is that the cars are multiple colors. It's not as if you have a yellow car and all the other cars are white yeah. cars or something like that. So that they did that well. Uh, another thing that's nice is that you do get some background gla- graphics. You get like a you know a Mount Fuji essentially. Uh, what I would have liked to have seen is that the the different tracks having different backgrounds. And 48k RAM points out that Namco Grand Prix is that middle track that I missed. So there thank you, you 48k RAM. Um, and uh, and so uh, that is uh, that's the case. But um, but anyway, I really like this game. Uh, I always, you know, this is probably one of the games that I played the most when I was uh, when I was eight bitten around on the Atari in those pre NES <laughs> days. Eight bitten around. 
Yeah, and, and much like you, I also had a liberated copy. I didn't have the original game, the original docs, or anything like that. So this is definitely a game that you don't need a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of docs to play. You can pick it up and go to town. This got a it. bunch of weird releases too. I mean, I looked at on uh, Atari Mania. And it had like it had a bunch of companies like put out renditions of this. It's that, that's one thing I never understood about the eight bit Atari. It's like why there'd be the same thing to be put out like multiple times. It happened to a bunch of games. Can you shed any light on that, boat since you're an Atari aficionado? No, I can't. <laughs> there you go. I'm not no sure anyone why. can. To be honest with you. So you yeah. Know, do you did you ever play this for did you ever play this for scoring? No, no, I always played, and it's funny because I never wanted to, the, a lot of people I think are, are intrigued by the long races, you know, F1 fans, they really like the fact that you can go 26 or 27 laps, I think. For me, I always wanted to pick the shortest race possible because if things go south on you, then you just reset. The worst feeling is that when you're doing a five lap race and on lap five, you, you know, you, you, you lose it. That's no good. So I always pick the, you know, the shortest race possible. You have your qualifying lap, then you jump right in, and then you go to town. Now, this did get released on a bunch of different machines. Like you said, this got a, a 2600 release, a 5200 release. Those are, those are must, you know, uh, givens. But this thing got released on the BBC Micro, the C64. It got a DOS release. The DOS release actually looks really arcade perfect. Uh, the, the TI-99 got a version of this, the Intel version. So it really got a while. Even the ZX Spectrum got a version. Uh, release for this so this was a big hit on multiple platforms and uh you know because it was a namco game i'm sure namco was was really happy to license this game out yeah i well <laughs> namco made a lot of money off pole position <laughs> and, and mm -hmm. its sequels now you know uh uh did you ever just to touch on did you ever get into pole position two much in, arcade, which, in the arcade that was the, this is one vastly superior of the two because the multiple yeah tracks. this is this is one i you know i have a copy of this for the 7800 yeah. but i haven't really gotten into it what would you say are the main aside from the graphical overhaul did it introduce a lot of new concepts well, mostly it was the same game with new, with more tracks i believe it had i believe that uh the second one had i'm trying to think i think it had i think it had four tracks on it uh and the 7800 version, it's not, it's no great shakes. I'll be honest with you. I, that was, I believe the 7800, I think pole position was, was that, that might've even been pack in pole position two. Yeah. I think pole yeah. position two was the pack I mean, they're everywhere. If, you ever, if you're going to see a 7800 cartridge, it's going to be pole position two. I mean, that, they, they produced the crap out of those, but I mean, I don't think it's any great shakes to be completely frank with you. Uh, I don't think these translate that well to a home, uh, just because of the control, uh, I just, it, uh, racing games are tough for whatever reason. Racing games like this are kind of tough to pull off uh, without the wheel. I mean, when they, when you're used to playing them with the wheel and then you don't have the wheel, the control has always been a pain. So yeah, I I, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't hate these. I think they were good efforts, but uh, it's not like one of my go-to games. Just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this game did get some reviews uh, in uh, Computer Games Magazine. They gave it a hundred. So they loved it. Wow. <laughs> Computer Games Magazine loved no the Atari kidding. version of this. Uh, Atari Gamer, uh, which was a magazine that I didn't even know existed. I guess this is a newer review, 2013. They gave it an 80. Uh, another contemporary review, Electronic Review with Computer, I'm sorry, Electronic Fun with Computers and Games from March of 1984. They gave this a 75. So uh, this was overall pretty well received game. Uh, it is sort of a one trick pony. Like I said, I wish that they would have made the separate tracks stand out a little bit more, either with different backgrounds or, or different different billboards, things like that. But this is definitely worth a play. 
play if you've got an Atari 8-bit that's just sitting around for sure. Um, we did get quite a few Discord reviews on this one too, Aaron. Of course, if you are a member of our Discord community, which you can be by supporting any of the Amigos retro gaming shows uh, on uh, Patreon or subscribing to our channel on Twitch, uh, you can post a review to be read on the air. 48K Ram says, this was one of my favorite games as a kid. I used to mash my CX-40 joysticks into oblivion, trying to take that switchback turn in the Monaco Speedway, inevitably crashing into that cursed sign because I refused to hit the brakes. <laughs> Now, with rebuilt controllers, I'm amazed at how precise the controls can be in this game. The non-player car AI is pretty rudimentary, and the obstacle cars always seem to appear in the same places, so you learn to anticipate them. Sound is basic, but does the job. Highly recommended, 9 out of 10. And Batman, Aaron, Batman himself, the Dark Knight, has swooped into the Discord to write, I love pole position in the arcade, and I have always enjoyed the C64 and Atari 2600 versions. I don't even mind the Specky version, but two years ago, when I finally picked up my first Atari 8-bit system, A400, I promptly grabbed a pole position for it and played it for hours and hours. When I, brought, when I bought my second Atari 8-bit, which was a 65XE, I played it to death again. You could say that I'm hooked and still am. It's an early racer that does absolutely everything right and still hangs together beautifully. Looks good. Handles great. 8 out of 10. A classic. So, lots of good reviews over on the Discord. Uh, we appreciate those. And, uh, yeah. They well, liked it more than any, us. Any, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Aaron, now be honest with me. If you're going to play an over-the-shoulder type racing game like Pole Position, are you going to go to Pole Position first, or are you going to pick a different game instead? I'm going to. I'm not going to play Pole Position first. I can tell you that right now. I'm just trying to decide what I would play uh, in its stead. Uh, you know, it, normally I wouldn't play one of a game like this. I mean, I'm more of a Lotus guy. You know, something like that. But I mean, you know, for going back a ways, I'll probably play something like a. Uh, Right, I this is one of the few that I can come up with that has that sort of viewpoint. Most of what I would play is like you mentioned, Turbo. It's sort of an over-the-top view. I I enjoy mm -hmm. those games, or or maybe like an Enduro. I did I did like playing Enduro quite a bit, but so I'd probably put that on the list. Yeah, for for me, I would totally, I would I would definitely go for a Lotus, you know, a Lotus over pole position, even the arcade version, just because it is so much more forgiving. I always prefer games where you bounce off enemies instead of crash into a failing, you know, flaming wreck. Uh, of course, you can't you can't discount Outrun in any of its myriad variations as well. But pole position did it first, and uh, they deserve to be uh, respected for that. Definitely now. Aaron, uh, if you would like to, and you probably will not be because you're on the show, but if you are listening to the show and you would like to support 1200XL and encourage us to make more episodes, you can support the show by going over to patreon.com slash 1200XL and uh, supporting us. Uh, you, can, you can find out all about the different tiers and everything, and uh, we would love to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. Of course, we'd also like to thank all of the fine folks who are joining us in Twitch right now. We do record the show live on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Uh, you can join the fun uh, by subscribing to us, and uh, you can be notified whenever we are recording. We've got a pretty good crowd today with us. Of course, we've got Duncan Styles and Pixels at Dawn Gaming, our intrepid moderators who always do an excellent job. We've also got 3D Code Warrior, 48K RAM, uh, Amiga Live, Atten, 
uh, Justin Reed, Bitstorm, Brock 101, Buck Owens, Canadian Retro Things, Carbots here with us, Chet Simpson, Christian Russell, Cobrian, Commander Root, Cooper Sokara, Delamort 78, Edvin Helland, Exile in Paradise, Frodo and L, Hamo 1, Eldera, Illumus, Jason Warns, L, Curtis Boyle, Mark Boosley, Mitsuyama's here with us, Nick Mar 68, sorry, Picard 2010, Rob, Flack, O'Hara, Tom Tom, Switch Details, VNK, Vigoro Pros, Wide World of Retro, and Z9K9. One thing that 48K Ram pointed out, that I think that he's probably right about because he knows a lot more about these things than I do is that the, this game is not a button to accelerate game. This button of this game is a push the joystick to accelerate, whether you're in low or in high gear, and you push the button to uh, to I break. I was wondering about so that I was myself because that. I, well, yeah. I mean, there are so many different versions of this that were released. I thought maybe you had gotten hold of the one with the button, but hey, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was wrong about that. My apologies. Now, Aaron, next month. We're going to be back with another episode of 1200XL. Would you like to give our uh, audience a little sneak preview of what we can expect for next month's game? No, let's keep them in suspense, Boat. Let's keep them in suspense. You're right, man. You're right. Uh, we totally know what we're going to play for next month's game, and we're keeping it from you. But... Like I said, we will be back next month with another episode of 1200XL. We hope that you will be here with us. Uh, we love the fact that you like listeners to us talk about these old games and, and, and sharing our love of the Atari. We will see you next time. Until then, bye, everybody.